This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! Oh, my goodness! Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! the devil are you sir <laughs> uh yeah i'm not too bad you know sun's sun's shining birds are singing swinging are in managerial limbo potentially oh here we go again then with a podcast episode with a shelf life that probably will not last too long there's only one place to start this episode though and that's with one matthew baudry who took to Twitter this weekend, uh, possibly out of boredom, possibly out of genuine dislike for our uh, opponents in the playoff semi-finals. But it all started on Saturday when he tweeted, all the best to MTFC and PVFC today. May the best team win and and a reminder for all the 16,000 Port Vale fans, regardless of the result, a day away from that poopy hole is a day to celebrate. Enjoy. And then, of course, there were reactions from Port Vale fans who, you know, reminded him that he would be lying on his sun lounger instead of being at Wembley, to which Baudry replied with, One of my big life regrets. When I walk the dog down sandbanks, can't stop thinking, I wish I signed for Port Vale to get my fourth promotion. (laughs) <laughs> and then another one who described uh, Port Vale as rent-free in Baudry's head. Baudry replied with, congratulations to PVFC. Your strong support got your team over the line. All 16K of you enjoy tonight because tomorrow 
you wake up in that poopy emoji hole again. Well, and then the next day, simmered it down a little bit, uh, maybe sobered up, who knows? To clarify, yesterday's tweets, it was just a bit of stick to a fan base that attacked our players rather than celebrate. It had nothing to do with the PVFC players. I know how hard it is all season to get there, so congratulations to them, and I wish them all the best. That's better and accurate. <laughs> and then he couldn't resist. Uh, to be fair, I've had more tweets from PVFC fans than they had fans in their ground all season. Fair play. Well, what a way to spend your weekend, Dave. <laughs> you 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 simply love to see it. I can't can't really say much more than that. More more of this thing in football, please. To take a negative slant, I must say that when I read those initial tweets before the game, I instantly thought to myself, well, congratulations to Port Bell on their comfortable win against Mansfield. And that's exactly what happened. No, because he'd have missed his opportunity then. Get the get the boot in, take your kicks, punch, punch up, punch down, punch wherever you like, but less less of the Oh, good, good three points today. Let's go off and have a nice holiday or whatever it is that the media managers tweet. And more of this lower league shithousery on Twitter and other platforms because life's too short and the world is too boring. Okay, let's talk about the, the biggest news of the last few days because it's been quite, quite a last three or four days or so, hasn't it? Although nothing has actually happened but it feels like everything has happened at the same time. And it was all started on Wednesday evening when Richard Corley of the London SLP, a sports editor, a very trusted journalist, tweeted that Charlton Athletic was set to appoint Ben Garner as their new manager. And then tweeted again, believe Ben Garner's move to Charlton has actually been agreed tonight, subject to any last minute hitches, set to be unveiled as their new manager. And then, same night, Charlton have agreed compensation with Swindon Town for Garner. And then finally, also understand that Ben Garner is bringing Scott Marshall and Scott Lindsay, the assistant coaches at Swindon. So there was these flurry of tweets, which rattled and rocked the fan base in various ways, which we'll discuss in this episode. But it, it came as quite a shock, and we recorded a podcast close to midnight that evening, which, even if it dates horrifically and our reactions, I don't think they were knee-jerk at all. They'll they'll go out, it's edited, it's ready to go as soon as the appointment is confirmed. If it's not confirmed, then it will never go out. But mm -hmm. it was quite something, and since then, we've heard nothing. There's been no noise from Richard Corley, the journalist who broke this news. There's been no noise from Charlton Athletic. There's been no noise from Swindon Town. And my feeling right now, Dave, really is whatever happens, let's just get this sorted and announced so we can move on. Yeah, we just don't need it lingering. I think the silence Probably as well. The silence, especially from the Swindon end, suggests that there is something to it because it's the kind of rumor that you can easily quash with a um, two-paragraph statement on the club website. And the fact that there hasn't been that suggests that <clears throat> there probably is something going on. Uh, I just wanted, like, I just, I just wanted a quiet few weeks, and we've we've not got that. 
and it's annoying. I just wanted a quiet few weeks to turn off from football and accept that none of the players we've offered contracts to will sign and just wait and see which lower league and championship reserve players we rock up signing that I've never heard of. That's what June is supposed to be. And now we're heading into June, uh, slowly creeping towards that managerial merry-go-round. And I, the the quicker, I guess, if, if Garner is to go, the quicker this Band-Aid is ripped off, then the better. We just don't need to keep waiting, do we? The, the, the journalist who leaked it, as far as I can gather, is usually quite on the ball and is quite well-renowned and has decent sources. So there's definitely something there. And, I mean just one way or another it needs to come to a conclusion soon and knowing our luck if this goes out at seven o'clock on a Monday it'll probably be confirmed at eight o'clock on the Monday but at least we'll have that closure then and I suppose my initial thoughts since recording the episode that I did with Dan is that this isn't that much of a crime right this is a manager with ambitions of managing at as high a level as he possibly can and Charlton, although they haven't got a great reputation in terms of how they operate and haven't had one for a while, still a really big club for that level, a great stadium and a big fan base and closer to home, despite his palace links. And it's hard to begrudge that at this moment in time, is it? No, no. Like You look at it objectively and you've just got a man who has the opportunity of taking a presumably better paid job at a less less let's say better company in the in the in the in the sense that Charlton are a bigger football club and in a higher league it, and if you strip that into any other industry it's it's almost a no brainer um i mean i guess ben garner wasn't necessarily an easy man to love <laughs> I mean that sounds a bit harsh but he never like he he never he was never big on the the emotional side of the game but even I think kind of particularly during the run-in and the the run of form we had at the end I think there was a bit more warmth starting to grow towards him and some some chance with his name during the games um and I guess it will hit some people some people will be annoyed. I think that's my main my main thing is just a bit annoyed. Like when you if you get stuck in roadworks on the commute to work, it doesn't like it's not gonna ruin my day overall. Like it's I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be outside Ben Garner's window with a boombox and waiting in the rain for him to come back. But at the same time I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be like uh, I'm not gonna be writing a burn book and calling him a fugly slut. It's like it's just He's he's a competent lower league manager, and this 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 just happens. This just happens in lower league football. We're we're well used to it. It happens on the playing side. It happens on the non playing side, and it always will happen. Um, I guess we maybe don't see it from the other side because we have a long long history of not poaching managers. But we're not the first club who's had a manager potentially poached from us here, and we're not going to be the last. Um, and I guess the the real test that we'll have coming out of this, the operational model that Clem and Rob Angus have tried to put in place where we've got that director of football, theoretically should mean that 
there isn't that much upheaval swapping in and out a head coach. Because it's a head coach, he's not a manager. So the responsibilities are a lot different to what they would have been 10, 20 years ago. And I mean, if he's, if his coaches, if the, like the, the Scots and the coaches leave, that probably makes it a little bit more difficult recruiting wise, but the person responsible for bringing in the playing staff and playing staff that fit with an overall ethos and philosophy that the, the, the player that, that the club want to follow on the pitch is still there in Ben Chorley and funded well enough to bring in a squad of players which are better than most others in the division, as we had last year, then any kind of competent head coach can probably come in and do a decent job next year. So I'm not too really concerned by it from that point. I've got a lot of faith in, I think, I've got a lot of faith in Ben Chorley. I think he's proven himself both both last summer and in his earlier spells. Um, if he winds up leaving through all of this, then I'll start to I'll start flapping a little bit more. But um, <laughs> for the time being, it's I don't know. I've I've got over my annoyance and moving on. I think I'm just going to derail some very good points there by just going back to say it was actually sunny or actually reasonable weather when John Cusack raised aloft that boombox in say anything it wasn't raining sorry I, I just had to say that I don't think I've actually seen the film I've just seen it referenced in various other various other things to for my shame but I know the the mean girl's point was on point I've seen that many times no absolutely yeah, yeah completely <laughs> yeah yep 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 there's absolutely nothing out there that suggests Ben Chorley is off but I suppose a lot of this is there's not as much panic within the Swindon fans as long as Ben Chorley stays because Ben Chorley appoints, you know, signs the players, appoints the managers. So continuity will be there if Ben and the two Scots both depart. So as long as Ben Chorley's still at the club, all is pretty much okay. Not ideal. But okay. Yeah, if Ben Chorley leaves, then the thoughts and the conversation starts to go towards, well, is there something more fundamentally concerning with the way that the club's being run? But if he sticks around, then Ben Garner leaving is nothing more than just one of those things that happens in the ecosystem of football. Um, that's, that's, I don't think there's much more to worry about than that. Um, so fingers crossed Ben Chorley sticks around. He's, he is the messiah. Yes, that would be ideal. Something that I have noticed really listening and reading Swindon Town fans is that they're not as outraged as we have been with previous managers. And I think there's various reasons for that. But I was quite surprised because this came out of nowhere. And a lot of people who I consider rational Swindon Town supporters kind of shrugged their shoulders and gone, meh, what will be will be. Instead of the what, which you would get if several other previous town managers would had had they been talking to other clubs. So I would say that there is this general feeling of meh when it comes to this news. No, I think that's fair. Um, well, no, I think that's a fair observation. Um, I think I, 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 it goes back to that emotional point, I think, that he doesn't... 
the fans, obviously, we all enjoyed the success towards the end of the season, but for a large part of, particularly for the homegoing fans, which will be the majority, the the football was not great. Um, and there wasn't the, the rah-rah tub thumping from the sidelines, which a lot of people like. Um, and so because of that, I think there's probably wasn't that much emotional attachment to Ben Garner as a head coach. I think there was a great appreciation for what he achieved. And I think personally, I think he did a good job overall. You look over the course of the season, we had that wobble in the middle. And I think that was a real, during the middle of the season, at um, February, March time, it was a, a real point where it could have gone one or two ways. We could have carried on drifting into, into mediocrity. And I wouldn't have been surprised to see him pushed out before um, he got the opportunity to walk out potentially um, but luckily he managed to turn it around and showed a, a willingness to to change things and change the approach that we that, that we took into matches and, and ultimately got us on that run and got us um, a couple of missed penalties away from Wembley and he deserves a lot of credit for that I was um, before this Charlton news broke I was more than comfortable with him going into next season um, based on what they don't, he heard, he, and I'll put, I'll say he and Chorley together, he managed to put together and achieve over the course of this one. And I know it's almost a bit of a meme going back to last year, but like it was a truncated preseason. And I know some of the deals that we'd have had, there'd have been conversations a long time before they actually went into place but there's still a lot of uncertainty and the the preseason preparation etc was a lot more truncated than any other team in the division and we managed to come out of the blocks well and we managed to achieve good outcomes at the end of it and so if we were able to go into next season with steady um steady levels at head coach position then there's no reason to expect why we couldn't achieve even better next year um so on 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 that on that basis, it is a bit it is a bit annoying, I guess would be the term that he's leaving because it potentially disrupts that. But again, I go back to that point. Like we had a very very good set of players last year, and if you look at it too critically, how much of the success was due to the fact that we just had better players than a lot of the other teams in the division? And how much of that was due to Ben Garner's way of setting them up and the, the training and the, the tactics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not going to be all one or all the other, but um, is there, I, I, I think yes, you can, there's definitely a, a reasonable doubt that, a doubt, a reasonable thought that you could, you could definitely argue that you get good players in this division and you don't need to be a mega mind to get good outcomes. And so if we can get, someone reasonably competent in to replace Ben Garner and maintain the same level of ability in the squad, if not the same players, then why can't we go on to achieve similar next year or better, hopefully next year? On Twitter, I did a very hypothetical poll uh, saying or asking if Garner to Charlton fell through, assuming the reports were accurate, are you still on board with the STFC Garner train? So essentially, if, if he stays, are you happy or are you just thinking now he should go? Well, 42.6% of 880 plus said, yes, he's the way forward, stability and all that. 
57.4% said, no, he should go. Begone, Ben, begone. And I was kind of hoping for a landslide either way because you either, you know, want everyone to be on board with him still or everybody to want him gone and, and you know that might happen but it wasn't it was quite it was quite close to 50 50 which is not great because we'll be going to the county ground and there'll be those people that are just like well he's, he's dead to me now and there'll be those no no we need him we move on we we go and and this is why it's absolutely crucial that this can ramble on for much longer yeah i mean i don't know i take quite a simplistic view he's probably if he comes back, he'll be on a much shorter leash than he would have otherwise been. But if he wins football games, then people have forgiven far worse than speaking to Charlton. So I don't see much more difficulty than than that. Really, just he'll be have he'll have much less goodwill in the bank if if we do go on a bad run of form or start badly, and there'll be much more pressure and the voices for him to go will be louder. But I, th- I saw the poll, and it, yeah, like you say, it's about it is about fifty fifty. Um, I'd imagine if we start the season well, it'll tilt much further to um, towards the Ghana. We are on the Ghana train rather than the Ghana train is derailed. Um, in terms of how the club handle it, I mean, I think you've you've described it really. We don't like they're in a position where they can be a bit smoke and mirrors with what they disclose to the fans to try and like massage the kind of the story, I guess. In, the sensible thing would be, like you say, to try and spin it a bit that Ghana kind of chose to stay here rather than was rebuffed from Charlton. I guess the the issue then is if the Charlton owner, who in my in my head the Charlton owner is a little bit like um, who's the guy in the Simpsons, the you know the the evil mastermind, but who really likes Homer, the. Oh, What's his name? Hank Scorpio. Yes, yes. In my head, he's like Hank Scorpio. Um, he just seems very eccentric and very a bit mad. But I can feel that if you're on his side, he'll probably be really nice to you up to a point. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. But my point was I can see that he'll just go a bit rogue with any kind of statements <laughs> that, that we might put out and might easily rebuff them. But that's, that's a battle for another day. And, that can be fought in the court of public opinion and the never-ending circle of circle of uh, words that is Twitter. I find it extraordinary thinking that Charlton Athletic are the Globex Corporation of reality, and even more so that Ben Garner might get the Denver Broncos in the post at some point. <laughs> so that would be crazy. And that sort of leads me on to the next bit because how do Swindon Town spin this? Because, come on, no noise, silence means something's happening. You know, that might be tinfoil hat stuff, but this is the easiest thing to bat away if it's not true. You just do a quick statement that says that we have not received any approach from Charlton Athletic. So it's almost certain that this is accurate information that we've been provided by the journalist in London. And I guess we now need to see how Swindon will deal with this if indeed Ben Garner doesn't get the Charlton Athletic job because they're going to have to firefight and they're going to have to release some sort of statement that's going to win over fans who have now gone, you know what, he can go. 
because it's hard to switch off that mentality. So they're going to, and we've been talking about this off mic, myself, you, and some of the other pod panelists, pals. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much all they can do is release a statement that said, we gave permission to Ben Garner to talk to Charlton Athletic. And it soon become apparent that the move was not in the best interests of any of the parties involved. And then hope that Swindon fans get on with it. And you know there are various ways that they can do that. But it's a potential headache, isn't it? I guess what I'm clinging on to here is that it's happening now in late May, as opposed to mid late June and July when squad building is very much in place although Chorley does that you, you still have your manager that that does his bit during the negotiation phase because a player isn't going to join somebody because of the director of football they're going to join a club based on the person who's doing the training and the tactics and and all that stuff and also although we kind of assume managers go to their old clubs for players it's not always the case is it ever really the case beyond Paul Sturrock era players who followed him everywhere you know will he go into Swindon for players maybe Mandela Egbo but you know you, you just don't know do you but anyway I guess it happening now while we're at as cleanest a slate as possible going into the new season is no bad thing yeah that's the that's the that's the kind of key point. It needs to be concluded one way or another as as soon as it can. And the fact that it's going to happen, well, hopefully happen before before May is out is beneficial both to us and to Charlton, really. Um, so hopefully that does happen. I mean, I get I get your point about the the players. I don't think I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't have any insight to this, but I don't feel like Garner staying or not. I don't know how big an impact that I'd have on people's any of the players' decisions to sign. I feel like probably the wages that they're being offered is probably going to be a bigger factor in that. And like you say, Williams and Reed would be the two big worries of would he be poached to would 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 Garner poach any of our existing players and you'd you'd fear about him taking Williams and Reed. But at the same time, this might be being this might be me being critical to try and protect my own feelings, but Ben Garner will be going to Charlton to try and build a League One promotion chase inside. And how how many players is he going to steal from a failed League Two promoted side to try and achieve that? I, I don't know. League Two is almost complete for next season. As we know, Port Vale got promoted, having swept Mansfield aside at Wembley this week. Congratulations to them. The other side is the National League, and unfortunately for Paul Mullins, Wrexham, and Jack McCourt, Chesterfield, they won't be going into the Football League next season. There's one place left in League Two, and it's either going to be Grimsby Town, who we've played many times before previously, or Solly Hole Moors, um, who are in the final, having beaten Chesterfield. So I guess um, in terms of away days, I want Solly Hall to go up, new ground, and, you know, we'll get Grimsby on a Tuesday night, whatever happens. But 
ease from Bristol, certainly Solihull. <laughs> yeah, no, Solihull would be much more interesting, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't, I don't care about Grimsby, but a new a new ground for people to potentially go to, um, being purely um, purely self interested. You'd imagine Solihull probably aren't going to be as better funded as Grimsby and a smaller fan base and. Definitely, when you see the other teams that could have possibly come up from the, the, I was about to say the conference from the from the national league, um, we've missed a lot of those big spenders, haven't we? It could have it could have been like Wrexham or Notts County. You'd imagine would come up and challenge right away. So that helps a bit with with one eye on next year. Um, Port Vale going up, just put a put a line under that, I guess, which again helps for next year. So it's not something that's hanging over us. Um, yeah, nothing nothing more to say on that one, really. Uh, well. Yeah, as mentioned, we've played Grimsby many, many times, but we haven't played Solihull Moors that much. We have played them once, though, those who might remember. I know there are a few of you that will be saying straight away that, of course, in 2015, just months after losing at Wembley, we went up to Solihull for a friendly and lost 3-1. How sobering is that? Uh, what a what a grim summer that was when the playing squad was stripped apart and we were oh we were downgraded shall we say but yeah three one loss at Solihull in July 2013 <laughs> Fabian Robert scoring a goal so yeah but anyway moving on to finish this pod big congratulations to former town man Ryan East, freshly released, but an instant two-year contract at Bradford City. Might be the reason why he disappeared from the squad for a few weeks nearer to the end there. But a great move for him. Yeah, congratulations to the guy. Yeah, and not just signed for them, but was the... Was the 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 model on the announcement of the away kit, I think it was, or the the training kit. So it's a real real splash sign-in. I guess it's, yeah, he's landed on his feet. Fair play to him. He's just got this adorable awkwardness to him, Ryan East. He's not like, he's not got that outward confidence in his body language. Um, I don't really know what I'm saying here, but it sounds like I'm, you know, sticking the boot in here, but absolutely not. Great move for him. And he's just... He just seems adorably awkward. Yeah, he's uh, he's not. Uh, he didn't look like he'd be a natural on the catwalk in that um, promotional video they put out. Slide into his DMs. Let him know. Absolutely going to slide into his DMs as soon as this pod is recorded. <laughs> oh man, what a way to end! But we will end it, Dave. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy 
or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 